3: Welcome back to Upfront at the Euros. I'm Flo Lloyd Hughes. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. England turn on the star with a ridiculous win over Norway last night and advance to the quarterfinals. They weren't the only team to impress over the weekend as France, Sweden, and the Netherlands look the business. Unfortunately, though, Northern Ireland's journey ends at the group stages despite a promising performance against Austria. child, did that pain you to do yeah, that? Yeah, that, that really, I didn't enjoy that. Get, get on board. Oh, I actually have to shout out Craig Hadley who created a, uh, a gif of me forcing you to say it's coming home <laughs> last night. It was so funny. I, I need to get him to send it to me, but it was such a, fu- such a funny tweet. He was tweeting at... Uh, I think all of us saying basically, uh, you know, we're all, this is England fans uh, right now. And it was the tweet, uh, the, the, the gif of me forcing oh my God, Rachel I have to say see that. coming home. Love that. Did you not see it last night? Yeah, I was brilliant. Um, I was driving, man. I mean, that was, that was the, the vibes last night at the Amex. We were all there, which yep. I think so Old Trafford was the last time we were kind of all in the same place, but not really together, but in separate areas. So what a night in Brighton in a heatwave. It was, like, head lossy, uh, just, yeah, wild. Here's the thing. Oh, gosh. Can is, we go okay. back and
2: delete episodes? Because... Um we were banging on about how hard this game was going to be.
3: I I, I beg to differ cuz we talked about Norway not being we very We talked good in about it. So we didn't say close. they were going to get Don't try. Don't try and say you knew this was going to happen. I didn't I didn't know no, I didn't know this was going to happen, but we all thought it was going to be a close game. Yes. It was yes. going to be open Goals scored for both sides. Yeah, it was yes. going to be like a 2 all or 3-2 a
2: tight one. Norway had a weak defense. Nobody saw this coming. No, no, can no, no, we no. can we like edit clips?
3: Yeah. I, th- I would. Maybe. No, definitely we didn't see this coming. Okay, thank you. But yeah, I think we knew that Norway had a weakness. We just didn't totally. think it was totally. going to be exploited. We didn't think it was that. Eight times. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. I mean, it was horrible for them to, to be a part of. I mean,
4: it felt like England were playing against a ghost team. It. They, I just didn't. Know that they were even on the pitch at points, and uh, you know, I think we all had that, that initial fear. The first like five or ten minutes, it was a little bit testy. That we saw the sort of classic England nerves in the first opening minutes of the game, and you know, I felt like Norway really putting a shift, kind of putting them under the cosh a bit. But after ten minutes, England found their feet, which they they kind of have this kind of um tendency to do now. And um, and then from then on in, it was just goals, 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 and every four or five minutes, there was um there was a goal, and we were just standing up and having this massive cheer fest, and it was.
3: It was festival? It was over again? Yeah, it was non-stop beats from, what was that? 12th minute uh, standby that Way person in that charge pen. of that little
2: dancey music bit must have been knackered. Yeah. yeah, Gee, yeah. Give them a pay rise. It was rise. a big
3: night for them. It's a lot. Um, it was a record win, 8-0. That is the biggest ever scoreline in a Euro, w- women's Euro, or a, Euros as a whole match, actually, men's and women's, isn't it?
2: I think the previous record was also held by England. Yeah, it was 6 0 against Scotland. Jeez. So they smashed Had their that own in the bag in the first half. Yeah. Go on.
3: Um, and yeah, it was one way traffic. Ellen White gets a fairly soft penalty in the 12th minute. And I, so no replays where I was sitting. Uh, and I don't think many people in the press box got replays, no. but everyone who was watching at home told me, yeah, she dived, she bought that. Okay, it was a penalty
2: and it was a dive for me. It was both. So for me, um, and the ref was pretty consistent with this type of foul. Tori's daughter had her arms all around Ellen White as she came into the box. Ellen White was like, Missile's not going. I'm diving to get this, which is ridiculous because you should just. They don't get those frees in the in the box mm. if they're not throwing themselves on the ground. Emma Sanderson, the BBC, said to me in the press conference yesterday, she was like she used her experience. She like she knew she was being fouled. She wasn't going to get it, so she used her experience. Yeah, to I get mean that. that's
3: why I think you can say she, she kind was, of bought it. But. Yeah,
2: but she that ref was consistent with that. Kind of fell in the game. Like Millie Bright did similar on, I think it was Ada Hegeberg, kind of arms around her as a long ball was coming forward. She got to the ball first, but the ref is like, Nat, your arms are, you're all over. Same thing happened to Beth Mead later in the game, racing back for a ball, similarly, kind of all over the defender arms wise. So, had that happened anywhere else in the pitch, that would have been a free. So, for me, soft penalty, but it was a pen on a dive. <laughs>
3: Because you think there was still contact enough, yeah, to yeah, yeah. make it, make sure. it. But In
2: in my opinion, I'm sure I'll be told I'm wrong, and that it was too soft. I haven't
3: actually even seen a replay from it yet, and I was so high up where like the the TV and and radio commentary positions are, I would have, wouldn't have a clue if there was contact. Or I like. had her in my lens, and I remember I saw
2: the arms going around. And I was like, oh, she's whoop, in trouble here, whoop. and then and then Ellen did her flop, and I was yeah. like, oh, okay, so
4: it's uh,
3: yeah. Sometimes you got I mean, Ellen got that got look that penalty in in the World Cup in 2019. She's good at doing it. Do you know what? If it was one or two nil absolutely be aggrieved by that like I'd
0: get
2: that because in other days it wouldn't be given Um, but the fact that then it went on to be eight I just don't think it's anything you can really blame on the result
3: but the point is is that from then on Norway were absolutely rattled it's like that penalty just kind of destroyed something in their brain and they'd started to malfunction like football robots. It blew their it blew their
1: mind.
4: And I think um what was really interesting to see was the fact that Norway, I mean the le- like left side the, the left side defense was an absolute shocker. I mean it was non-existent. No one But we was were there. talking about that first
3: ten minutes right talk about the first five ten minutes when Blackstad was actually finding space.
4: Yeah. I mean they looked like a threat and I thought you know what this is going to be an absolute challenge and do you know what? I think we actually might concede in the first um few opening minutes of the game but after that, it just felt like okay. Well, where have you gone? They got completely rattled by by the goal, and then it just became an absolute waterfall of of goals. And you know, we kept seeing the same ball happen over and over again. They are exposing the left back because it just it, it no one was there. And then we kept having these awesome deliveries from mainly Hemp and Bronze, just these beautiful curled balls that everyone was getting onto. And it only took like a a bit of a toe to kind of get it into the uh, into the back of the net. And I think it could have been. A lot more. Oh, yeah, it could have been double have been figures. Double, yeah, easily. I mean,
3: TLC once sung Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls, and maybe Norway should listen to that because mm. they kept doing the same thing wrong every single time. It was time. embarrassing. England, down that right hand side and down the left hand side, were forcing Blackstad out creating so much space behind her. Tora Totter was in no man's land. She wasn't moving over and supporting her teammate. And that space was just filled by a beautiful pass, either to Beth Mead, to Lauren Hemp, to Lucy Bronze, sometimes even to Fran Kirby. Everyone was getting in on the action. And, um, I mean, it was a free-for-all. And I think, what was it? We had three or four goals in the first half an hour? Yeah, so... First goal
2: came in the 12th and the last goal came in the first half came in like the 41st minute. So we got all six goals in like less than 30 minutes. I do feel for Blackstead, she's not traditionally a defender. It is worth pointing that out. Um, so maybe that is one of the reasons she was getting tempted forward so much. I'd say it was an area that Serena Viegman looked to exploit, not that she would give anything away in the press conference. She certainly wasn't going to put the blame on, on one player and rightly so. I think the whole defence just looked... Rattled. They were at sixes and sevens. They weren't able to problem solve on the pitch. Um, What I was really impressed with was the fact that we pressed so high. We defended from the front. So Norway just weren't allowed to get the ball. The whole game, like even into the 70th, 80th minute, they were still harassing them right up in their own, you know, kind of not even half quarter, if you like, if you want to call it that third. Um, So I was really impressed with that kind of desire and hunger to just keep on pressing. And I asked, Serena Vigman, I asked her one question in the in the press conference last night, and I said, "You've spoken a lot about being ruthless. Was that ruthless enough for you?" And she said, "Yeah, I think I can be satisfied tonight. I think, I think, I think I can be satisfied."
4: I mean, credit to her. I think she's played a tactical whirlwind in the past in the past couple of games, and um, you know, the squad that she's put out um last night was was absolutely incredible. Incredible choices there, and also, you know, having the uh, the substitutions um just after halftime and and bringing on some of the the younger players, Chloe Kelly, uh, Ella Toon, uh, they're getting a run around as well. And, you know, you could see, even though they'd already scored six or seven goals by this point, they the youngsters were in full throttle trying to make their mark and trying to get their their first Euro goal. And I think that was really impressive for me because I just think, um, you know, we could have settled into the game. We could have, you know, 70 or 80 minutes in just just t- taken our foot off the gas, but we didn't. It, it felt like we were trying to get to double figures. That was the aim of the game in the second half. And, yeah, it it was just beautiful to watch as a, as a fan I was absolutely exhausted from standing up and clapping <laughs> and shouting. My Guys, mum, calm down. <laughs> it was that. I was like, Mum,
3: are you okay? Like, I think was, people um... were just stunned, weren't they? They were just completely stunned. And and to go back to what Rachel was saying about Blackstad, who is sort of can play as a left winger or play more centrally. And we've seen her as more used as like a utility player since joining City, but she can be really dangerous as a left winger. She was exposed because she is you know, not a natural. Defensive minded fullback. We had uh, Torres playing out of position, Maren Mielder playing out of position. It was, it had the makings of, um, you know, that there was going to be some defensive issues, but no one could have <laughs> foreseen just how bad it was going to be. And all the Norwegian players afterwards in the mix zone were saying, you know, we weren't, we didn't listen to our instructions. We weren't playing for each other. We were playing as individuals. Um, we didn't you know, put any tactics out there or any preparation out there. It was just kind of a complete and total collapse. And England punished them for it. The coach uh, in the press conference very much took
2: responsibility for that. He was asked why they didn't make changes during the first half. Why did they not drop a player, another player and make it five in the back? Um, which I thought was a surprise. There was no... And we saw it similarly in... I know we're going to get on to it. The France-Italy game... That ability to problem solve during a match. And they kind of both teams in those games waited until half time to go, okay, now we need to fix this. At that stage, it's mm. too late now. and
3: Vygman's always been really good at that. She's really good at problem solving, seeing the seeing the solutions and seeing the issues. What was funny about this game, or not funny if you're a Norway fan, is she made a triple substitution that was probably one of the most terrifying cruel. triple yeah. subs of all time. We've seen her do that in games, and against Austria it didn't really make have an impact on the game. But against Norway, it was kind of like kicking someone while they're down. You know that Simpsons gif where Russo, they're like, stop, stop, he's already dead." <laughs> Literally, yeah. you had Russo, Toon and Kelly coming on and there was another. It was Russo, Toon and Alex Greenwood that came yes. on as a trio. Yes. And, and then, then just, not long just later, to make it worse, Chloe Kelly Go on, comes Chloe on. Kelly. It, was, it was brutal. And also we have to talk about Ellen White because obviously there's been so many conversations about her poor form for City and that is undeniable but at the same time we've also been talking about how she comes alive in major tournaments and there's been this kind of battle between White and Russo White can deliver in tournaments but she's had a bad season Russo has shown so much promise is coming off a really good season what do you do and last night was so important for White to build some confidence to get off the mark and now I feel like she's going to be flying. But you can tell how much it meant to her. I mean,
4: yeah. after the game, we stuck around for about fifteen or twenty minutes, and obviously we did the massive "Sweet, sweet Caroline" song. My mom got involved; it was incredible. Uh. I mean, she didn't want to leave. It was Caroline, <laughs> <Karen, laughs> come on, let's go, come on. We need to get back to Brighton Racecourse for our thirty-mile uh, traffic jam. Oh, God. <laughs> but um, no, Ellen White after the game. I mean, she stuck around for a good half an hour, forty-five minutes. Went around the entire pitch. She was singing and dancing with the fans. There were so many. There was like a stand of just purely school children in, in one one half of the stand, and they they were going wild. They were and going wild. Like Pindecimal. the kids wild. The kids like just were next level. Waves.
3: And they the kids were the ones starting It's Coming Home. Yeah. They were so up for it. It was ridiculous. You could see them in the little like, fluorescent jerseys going
4: wild. I mean, the teachers must have been absolutely done with it. At yeah, the end. Good luck but, um, to today. But Ellen, I think you could see how much it meant to her. She was getting Beth Mead involved. She, you could see her going up to her after the game and obviously congratulating her on, on getting players there player of the game and um, I think it was a a close call actually between Beth and Ellen because I think Ellen was incredible that game there was nothing that she didn't have a a big toe or a head on in that game and um, she could have been on the score sheet a lot more Yeah, yeah. I have a great
2: video of her dancing down the sideline after the match yeah Um, yeah, it's a nice one what I loved though even during the game obviously the, the celebrations were massive Beth Mead went over to take a corner at one point she was throwing her arms up in the air of the crowd like come on Georgia Stanway did the same when she was being subbed off she walked around she did a very nice applause and then she was like fuck it come on let's go like getting the crowd going and it's it's nice to see them enjoy that moment and i think one of them said after the match we really want our fans to really get like really enjoy this really like live the experience so that we can focus and know that like you guys are having yeah, but the best like time I feel like i would
3: just get carried away i couldn't tune that out because if Everyone around me and the crowd is getting overexcited. I'm gonna feel. It's that. great to see that. Like, yeah, I love it. Buzzing. I love it. But I just think it must be so hard to tune out. Yeah. I think it's all well and good. But I think Serena Vivian's really good at p- getting people to like calm, have the your fun. Down. Now yeah. stop. Yeah, she. I think she like she knows that the English press like get really overexcited and they're it's very kind of unique in the way that they you know, jump to so many conclusions. And I think every single post-match, she's really good at being like, everyone needs to chill the fuck out. We won 8-0, but that we haven't won anything. And I think that's good because everyone else can get like hysterical around her. And she's like, right, everybody, come on. I know you're a nation of losers, but let's just like (laughs) calm down. She also will not give like a single out of
2: player, even when they've had an unbelievable performance. And, And a Norwegian journalist was like, you know, Beth Mead has scored something like, I don't know, Sixteen goals and fourteen games under Wigman. Like I don't know what the stat is, but basically she scored more goals than games she's played. He said, "How have you? How have you got her to do that? Like how is she doing that?" And she said, "Well, you know, she's putting the ball between the posts and the crossbar. And
3: <laughs> simple. <laughs> just <laughs> it's like simple as that." <laughs> <That's> how, just... <laughs> I'm, a word on Beth Mead because she is looking pretty tasty for that golden boot. She's got four goals and an assist in two games. We know that she's had such a good season, and she was bound to carry this form into the Euros, but she is, we, we talked about her being really important but this is even probably better than we would, would have hoped massively and I think you could tell on the pitch that she was really
4: enjoying herself and it felt that's like that's when you get the best out of her right 100% she was really enjoying being on the field and there was one of the goals that she had I can't even remember which one it was now but she dribbled through about three or four players inside the penalty her, area that was unbelievable it, Little quick feet honestly I didn't even see her feet move it was disgusting the way she ripped apart that defence and I think you could tell after that goal that was when she absolutely set herself on fire with what. She was doing and um you know she was getting the crowd behind her, she was another one of the players who was really taking advantage of the post-match um hype that was going on. And you know, I'm really happy for her. She absolutely deserves it, she's been incredible this tournament.
3: For the first 20 minutes of the second half, we obviously saw England sort of take their foot off the gas a little bit and just hold them to the ball a little bit more, slow the tempo down. But then in the final 15-20 of the second half, they ramped it back up again. And I was a little bit worried about just overcooking themselves. Players who played the full 90. Bright Williamson, obviously Earps, Bronze. I don't think we need to uh, worry Walsh. about Erbs. I think she was. Uh, yeah, Erbs a- will, will be fine. But Joe is one of the bronze. Is, bronze is someone I fear. bronze of
2: twenty nine era, era twenty nineteen era was back. Man, she was mm. unreal yesterday. Yeah, she she was, she was unreal,
3: but she did not take her foot off the gas, which is brilliant. But I'm a little bit worried about them expending a lot of mental and physical energy on a game like last night and. And having to kind of snap back out and think, we've still got so I much. Wouldn't more to know. Play. No, I wouldn't though. No, I think that's what Serena expects. The Northern Ireland game is going to be an opportunity to maybe play players that haven't had
4: any minutes so far um, and change around the squad a little bit. Just to get them out on the pitch, get the get the confidence going and things. So I think even though they did have a massive run around, they had the full ninety minutes, and I would be a little bit worried about that. I think it will be a chance for them to rest, maybe on a Northern Ireland game.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be. I, I think that's how Serena Vons, wants to play. Mm. Serena Veenman. Serena but, wants to play she wants like this. And um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she, like that word, relentless. Like she, that's how she wants to play the game. She wants people to be, I think, afraid of them um, and worried about them. I wouldn't be hugely worried about the kind of fitness side of things. Um, because of the depth but what we might see is, yeah, they might start a different eleven, but we'll probably still see Beth Mead come on. We'll probably still see Anna like come yeah, on again. Yes, yeah.
4: and I think a lot of that was probably due to the adrenaline of the game. I think even when you are absolutely shattered, when you're six, seven goals up, and the crowd is behind you, and you're playing in one of the biggest tournaments that we've had in ages, and you're the host nation, and everyone bloody loves everything that you're doing, I think the adrenaline probably carried them through to to want to go
3: and finish the game, yeah, in double figures. And that's the luxury as well of having a win like last night and securing your qualification to the next round as group winners. Is Serena can can you know move things about for Northern Ireland game and give players mm. a rest? And we thought going into it that Norway was going to be so tight potentially a loss or even a defeat that that Norway game was not going to be some somewhere where the England players could like rest and, and recover a little bit. But now, you no know, no disrespect to, to Northern Ireland, but now they they can do that. We've got a shout out Simon King on Twitter who sent us a question saying. Obviously, it was a great dominant win, but beyond the goals, you have to credit the pressing and defensive solidity England showed that completely shut down the Norway front line and was so hyped in the build-up. Yeah, I mean, what a performance from the England defence. You mm. mentioned the press, um, Rachel. I haven't looked at the um, uh, PPDA stats, which basically show you like how many um, passes a, a team uh, is allowed to make before they're pressed, but... England uh, were phenomenal in the way that they, the front line pressed uh, Norway's defence, and also vice versa. It was, it felt like a, a, a friendly match.
2: Because I, I have heard some people say, "Oh well, I'm still a bit worried about England's defence. They haven't really been tested." But I think against Austria, they were living on the edge. For they a were, and and, a little- and also like. They were they they just had a, a slightly different role in that they were playing kind of higher up the pitch. The the reason they didn't have so many shots on target is because of England's defense. Like it wasn't that they were we don't have to have them back in our own box, kind of you know doing last ditch tackles or whatever to consider them being tested. I think the fact that they were that
3: sounds like an awful time, that, actually. <laughs> all, uh,
2: unpleasant. And and in that in that situation, we'd be saying they look shaky and they look nervous. So you can't really win. But I do think it was a whole team. Effort. It wasn't mm. just like the forwards, you know, stealing the show. The midfield was immense. I thought Georgia Stanley had a brilliant game. Kira yeah. Walsh was amazing. Frank Kirby was great. I love them all. Yeah, they, love are them all. Just, they all had a good game. And I think, yes, we will be better tested against other teams. Mm. But there is a reason that they weren't tested, and that's because all of them did a bloody good job.
4: Yeah, everyone was firing on all cylinders. Everyone looked very cohesive. It was a, a brilliant unit, and I think even you know defensively, we were there. We were there defending from literally top to bottom. Because even when we got the ball, uh, we lost the ball in higher up in in the in the um, in the Norway half. What we did find was that actually the, the strikers were running ragged trying to get the ball back at, at that end of the pitch. It wasn't a case of okay, we'll just leave it to the defense to sort out or the midfield. They were getting it back in the in the high areas, and it was just them. Um, you know, we didn't see, I don't think Mary Epps had a single proper save to make. I think there was a three shots on target. And I wouldn't even call them shots. Um, you know, absolute rollers that Mary Epps can deal with. One shot on target, was it? And I think um, you know that's a real credit to them because they could have been under a lot of pressure with the striking presence of of Norway. I mean, I don't even think Hegerberg got the ball once. I mean, she was completely silent in that game. And when you've got you know someone like her Ballon d'Or winner being completely put to bed, it was um, and Caroline Graham Hansen and Caroline. Car- I was
2: terrified. Yeah, I thought she was going to be. I thought she didn't get out of third gear against Northern Ireland. And I thought no, and I thought Hegerberg, having not gotten a goal against Northern Ireland, both of them were going to come into this game hungry. But I do think. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to say they didn't play well. I think England managed to prevent mm-hmm. them from getting the ball, and that's that's why they couldn't influence the game how they would
4: have liked. Both
3: yeah. can be true at the same time. Um, we have talked so much about England, and of course, because last night was wild and was an anomaly, and it was a stunning performance. It but wasn't an anomaly. It wasn't. That's just the start of things to come. That chuck another eight in on Friday. Go on. Um, <laughs> But we have to talk about some of the other games that have happened over the last few days since we last got together for the pod. Um, Austria defeated Northern Ireland 2-0, which unfortunately knocks Northern Ireland out of the competition and puts Austria in a very good spot to challenge Norway for that second place. And after last night's performance, they have a very good shot at that. Austria, as we know, as we spoke about, such a good defensive side, so organised, so hard to break down. But they scored two goals as well, which is important for them because they don't score a lot of goals. That's they don't score concern. a whole lot of goals. And they've got good attacking players, mm-hmm. but they don't score a ton of goals. Um, some good performances, individual performances as well, with two goals coming from Sheetal and Nash and Vang. Um, it was a better Northern Ireland performance. Um, they were really under the cosh very early, which yeah. is kind of expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a few hairy moments as well for Burns in the, in the Northern Ireland goal. There was one where she kind of like... Looked away from the ball. Do you see that? And then yeah. she popped it up, and it went into the crossbar. And, and her like, face oh, afterwards was like, Ooh. "Yeah, she really had, was a heart and mouth moment." She was looking at the north, the um, crossbar, like, "Oh, thank God for you." Um, but obviously, we knew it was going to be always be a massive step up for Northern Ireland to be in this competition. And and Kenny Shields was was again saying afterwards that you know it it was going to be really hard for them to to compete with some of these top nations. But where do they go from here? I think it has it's kind of, it's woken up the Irish FA in terms of the way that they're developing women's football in Northern Ireland and putting on that full time camp so there's still stuff to take away for sure but this is it is going to be hard to know that you've also facing facing England on Friday you've just smashed Norway 8-0 um i mean what do you do for that game on Friday
2: um i would like i imagine they will definitely look at that Norway game and And learn from it. I think Northern Ireland do have a pretty decent defence. You know, they've got strong defenders. They can sit back and kind of absorb pressure. Um, I imagine they'll look to, I mean this sounds silly, but do better than Norway. I imagine if they are able to reduce the scoreline significantly um, to what Norway lost by, they'd be pretty happy. Because England are going to be coming in full of confidence. um, And having scored so many goals, you know players are going to feel like you know, you know when you've got those games where you haven't scored for a while and people are nervous and that that's not going to be the case with England, I think. So I think for Northern Ireland, they'll just be looking to to keep the scoreline close if possible and probably get a goal. I think that would be another big thing. If they can get a goal against England, that would be a nice little cherry for them. Um, but they have put in some impressive performances. They did look shaky at the beginning, I think, understandable against Austria because that was probably the game that they'd highlighted that they could potentially get points out of they drew with them in the in the World Cup qualifying groups. Yeah, stages. yeah, they put on a really good performance yeah. against them. And the fact that Austria didn't get their second goal until the 88th minute, they mm. probably And had the first bit of hope.
3: goal was a bit of a jammy one, like it flicked off an online player and then put it straight into the path of a yeah. of a Cheadle. So that was a hard one to yeah. take.
2: So they probably had a little bit of hope towards right up to the towards the end of that game that they might be able to get a draw. So um yeah, I think I don't think they'll be necessarily heads down massively I think they've put in admirable performances and I think they'll just look to continue to do that against England
3: and Austria got to the semi-finals of the last euro so it's not like they should be completely written off and this win gives them a massive chance of, of getting through to the quarterfinals if they can get a result against Norway so they're not a team that we should kind of completely rule out of potentially getting to the semi-finals again here because if you are hard to break down like clean sheets can win
4: your games Massively, I think um, Austria will be looking at the the England uh, Norway game, thinking, "Hold on a second, we've got a bloody chance here, um, and this could be a real uh, opportunity for them." I think to capitalise on the aftermath of what's just happened. I mean, Norway will be coming away from that game absolutely reeling, not full of confidence, uh, struggling to to understand really what's what's happened, and they don't they don't have a long time to kind of fix things. So. What they really need to do is is look at their weaknesses, especially in the defensive um, the, the defensive situations I think that 's going to be again where they 're going to be most at risk. but you know with Austria, I mean they could have easily come away with a with a draw i think with with the opening game against uh, england they 've mm. just won against northern ireland, so i 'd be thinking. We might be able to take this. Uh, we might be able to get through. Um, yeah, but I've got to agree with you, Rachel. I think the out uh, of the Northern Ireland sort of objectives for for the next game on on Friday. I think you know for them it's all about the occasion now. Um, you know, being able to to play in a probably quite a packed stadium. Um, the atmosphere is going to be amazing. The fans on both sides are going to be incredible. And I think it will be another history making situation if they are able to get that second goal. So. Um, yeah, I think that they're not going to go out there and, uh, and and sort of lie down and take it. But I think
3: um, they're going to put in a shift. But it's um, it's
4: probably probably uh, just a case of enjoying the occasion and, and what they've created so far. And they
3: did Northern Ireland did do well at Wembley in October at frustrating even that first half. They yeah. went in nil nil at half time. So more of that, I think, mm. would you know would be uh, would be a massive um, massive plus for them.
0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: Some other big games we've got to talk about. France 5, Italy 1 in Rotherham. Now, I certainly did not see this coming because Italy have had some very good results in the lead up to the tournament. They are traditionally and stereotypically very well organised, very hard to break down, Um, you know, a defensive unit. Um, But boy, did the French absolutely slice them apart. And they were kind of the masters of their own doing in some of those goals that they conceded. Um, And we know that they're going to struggle to score goals. But what a performance from France. And I think, uh, what was it, three goals in like, 15 minutes or something, Rachel? Something like that. I I feel like I just had celebration chart after celebration chart. There was no kind of in-between play. But obviously that happened on Sunday, so the day before England's game. And most people I know were texting me like, how are England going to beat this team? They're that good. How are they going to stop this team? But now I'm coming away thinking, (laughs) 8-5. Do you
1: you know (laughs) what? Like
2: Germany played and we were all like, ooh, Germany are looking good. And France said, hold my wine and did hold that performance, mind. right? And then England looked at France and went, hold my beer. Hold and my then went and did like that. No, to be fair, France looked frightening on the attack. Um, But when we were talking about earlier about England not switching off in that second half, I feel like France did. You know, they kind of, and that's that's the kind of almost atypical French um, performance is that they can be amazing, but they can also then go and do those kind of chaotic things where like towards the end, I thought Italy could have gotten a couple more um but my god the first half that that front three just like diani was just tearing up that that sideline that that fullback was just i mean i really felt for her another example of a team not being able to problem solve during the match um waiting until kind of half time to kind of do anything about it um but yeah Gayora with a hat trick a couple of them could have scored hat tricks katodo got another one that goal from Cascarino was oh, did you see it unbelievable absolute peach of a goal um but again yeah, a scary kind of scary looking French performance. But the second half is something that you're going to look at and say, is that is there areas we can exploit?
3: It's looking like, obviously I'm making assumptions here and I'm jumping a little bit further ahead, but it's looking like France, England, potential final because... Potential final? Well, because if France win their group, which is looking pretty likely because Italy were probably the biggest challenge in, in that group for them, it means both are going to finish top. England would go and play the runner-up of Group B. Which is probably Spain, maybe? Yeah, or, Spain or Germany, depending. Denmark, I think, are going to struggle now. Mm. Um, and then France will go on to play the runner-up of Group C. And then in the semi-finals, that means that England will play the winner of quarterfinal three, which is going to be the C and D chart, isn't it? Honestly, Honestly, runner-ups. She's one. I mean, this is on the basis that and we get through all these, yeah, these and then very France, small games. France would be playing yeah. in the other in the other semi final, which involves quarter final two, which is the runner up of A, doesn't that but, make sense? But for the quarterfinal, so would France face either
2: Sweden or Netherlands?
3: Yeah, so they might not win those games. Okay. But what I mean is is that like as a lot of If, if, if they here. do win those games, I'm making a lot of assumptions here, I know. Um Chloe's then, face is a picture. <laughs> She's <laughs> trying to keep up with Then these. they would meet in the final and that would be Iconic. Come on. France England final be iconic. (laughs) What have you just said? <laughs> what? If A plus B equals C, then England and France will be in the final. No, I know it's conf- I know it is confusing, <laughs> but stay. Uh, with yeah, you lost it, me. It may, at quarterfinals. No, it, 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 like stay with me. It, 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 if if they would happen, if mm-hmm. they would both win their quarterfinals and both win their semifinals as winners of the group, they would face each other in the final. Okay, That's if they the both carry on winning; they'll end up in the finals yeah. together. Right, if as all, in
2: they're in the other
4: side of the group. Yeah, if England and France win all of their games, then they will both end up in the final. Yeah, I mean that applies to any team in the competition.
3: Yeah but well, not necessarily, because England, if they play Germany in the quarterfinal, then like that that doesn't apply because they'd knock each other out. Does that make sense? I can't even whatever it doesn't matter I'm oh my.
4: <laughs> basically hypothetically speaking if England and France face each other in the final it'd be absolutely amazing fucking sick. oh yeah
3: sure yeah, yeah no, that's what that. I'm trying to say I'm just saying <laughs> we're looking looking good Jason we're the... looking good for a France England final um another game in Sheffield not far from brother uh Netherlands won Sweden won epic what yep. a day epic. with the Dutch fans and what a game and I first first half I thought Netherlands are going to struggle here I think there were some bad tactical decisions from Mark Parsons I think he was trying to play too many too. it was too many cooks really too many mm. very central players getting nothing from the width Lika Martins in general had quite a quiet game Jackie Gronin had an you know, unbelievable, unbelievable mm-hmm. game and then next morning tested positive for COVID. Turns out, Jeez. makes it like... COVID's like super... That's it. Yeah, yeah, super yeah. what yeah. you need to get. Um, and Jill Ward was sensational once she got to drift inside she was kind of completely stranded on the right-hand side in the, in the first half. But a tremendous turnaround from the Netherlands in the second half because they were under the cosh. And... Massive shout out to their keeper, uh, Van Domselaar. I was so impressed. That was like her second cap. Honestly. It was like her second or third cap. Karen Barzi and I had like couldn't decide because I said she'd only had one cap so yeah, far. That's and, and KB said that she'd already had two. But obviously, as we know, it's impossible to find any information on women's football. And also, so we will
2: never know the truth. Two Gosh. or three is still not a lot exactly. of caps. And, and to she's, come on and she's only Sweden like 22, 22. Yeah. She
3: plays in the Dutch league, which is growing, but it's still not, you know, a super developed league. Um, And I think she's better than bloody um, Van Doll, who is so chaotic. Um, So shout out her. And I'm so excited for holland discovering their new number one
4: yeah i mean i would be really fucking scared if i was uh veen and Dahl right now because to be honest i think dom Solar's done enough to keep the shirt um, yeah i mean and veen out. out anyway but going forward yeah, yeah. hypothetically i yeah. think you know she she's in she almost looks like a fan favorite now i yeah. mean she was absolutely critical in them keeping that draw um and i think credit goes to her i think she was my absolute player of the of the game and it's not easy you know coming into a game like that she's probably not played uh, many games, or in a long while, especially not with the, obviously the national team. I've only got what two or three, one or two, two three caps to be mm, settle uh, on. Two and a half, two and a half caps, um, <laughs> two point
3: yeah, 2. five.
4: And she came on so so early as well. I mean, um, yeah, to, I, I just thought she was incredible, and um, she was calm, composed, started to enjoy the game, playing out from the back. You could hear it. The communication from her was incredible. Um, yeah, she's definitely one to watch. For
2: the listeners,
4: Van Vienendal
2: goalkeeper got injured. There was a. A really weird clash I feel like she took out two she, of her defenders she, yeah. she
3: calls it this is just yeah. peak Van Vienendal. she's so chaotic I need <laughs> her to just like chill fuck out but the <laughs> corner it was a free kick or a corner I can't a remember the corner Yeah, and sure. she just wiped out Anique Nguyen and Van de and, and Van de Graf. and Van de went down with a really bad head injury she flew into literally like Superman Oi, flew into both listen. of
4: them nowhere, no, but she was nowhere near the ball it hun. doesn't matter the, the, the fact is that she tried to go for it and you're told to absolutely go through your defence to try and get that well yeah, she there's, did that there's, t- and there's timing
3: and, and, and accuracy and she had neither of those things that's not key for goalkeeping oh, actually right who knew <laughs> accuracy
4: but, but yeah. I do
3: think Van der
2: gracht's head injury looked really bad no, and really I bad she was down for like two, five minutes and when minutes. she did get up she had this like wobbly walk down the yeah. sideline I was like she's not going back on she
3: stayed didn't she and she then he new Nguyen and and went, and went, off went and down went... and did her ankle or yeah, something but so, she is she's Probably and going to miss the next game yeah. but isn't out of the so tournament. So Van Vien
2: and Dal hurt her shoulder in that little collision. Yeah. She's eventually then went down about 20 minutes in and was out for the rest of the game. Van de gracht somehow carried on who looked worse for wear out of all three and then and did her ankle making a tackle. So she was out. So for that kind of difficult first half for the Netherlands they also had to deal with that there was I think nine minutes of additional time in this first half Mm. Um, so really impressed with how they second half came out turned the game around put it to Sweden I didn't think that was going to happen I thought the injuries were going to shake them Um, I thought Miedem had a good game in terms of Everything any a lot of the chances that the Netherlands had came through her.
3: I didn't think she was player of the match. But I didn't but think she was player no, of the match.
2: I thought Jackie Groenen
3: was yeah, player of the match. Jackie Jackie Groenen was robbed and now she's in isolation. She could have just had her trophy to hang out with. And who could I say? That was that was harsh. <laughs> but she that there was
2: I think both teams had the opportunity to win the game. I thought we were gonna get a winner right near the end. Yeah. But that one that stands out was the ball that was fed in by to Jill Rood. Jill Rood, and she was like in on goal. And it was a combination of a mishit and a flying Magdalena Eriksson yeah. sliding challenge that yeah. stopped her from from getting that. I thought that was a winner, but I think points shared was probably fair. Yeah, angry. It, it
3: was based on on Netherlands second half performance. But I do think, similar to Norway, that Netherlands defense just looks so shaky. Newman looks so uncomfortable. Um, she got absolutely done for Sweden's goal. Uh, Jansen playing out of position, oh, Wilms playing out of position. Yeah, oh, it's just Lanny not They Nomek all now look absolutely peach. all over the shop, and I just think they're going to be. They, I think it's going to be hard for them to to make it to the final because I just don't think they have as much balance and depth as some of the other teams in this competition. Do you not want to do a hypothetical though and just run no? We're only that doing that for England and France. Oh, I see another right, so. if it rains on Tuesday yeah. and <laughs> then. <laughs>
4: Unbelievable.
3: Uh we also got to mention Portugal to Switzerland too. That was on Saturday. Um I've got to say I was in Portugal in for the game. Uh not to
4: not for the game, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're in the wrong country last <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh Portugal playing, it must be in Portugal. Um no, I was actually on a Hendu in Portugal and I watched it and, and they watched, had it on Portuguese telly. Yeah, they had it on oh, Portuguese wicked. telly. Yeah, I mean the commentary didn't understand, but yeah. I, you know, I, got, I bet they were excited coming back from 2-0 down. Yeah, they're they coming. I mean they're excited to be involved in the competition, but what I didn't get was any sense that Portugal were involved in the women's Euros I mean we there wasn't, wasn't anything there wasn't anything in Portugal to indicate that their women's team was now in the Euros and obviously they came into it quite late um, they only had and, about
2: two months to prepare the marketing materials that's probably why yeah but spent all their budget
4: come on, get, get your finger out <laughs> it's not like you've not got a great budget there to work with Um but yeah, I thought it was a, it was definitely a fair result. I mean, obviously Switzerland completely destroyed them in the first uh, opening sort of fifteen twenty minutes of the game, and I thought, you know what, this is going to be an easy one. They're probably going to run away with it, sort of six seven eight nil.
3: But you know, Portugal to come back. I mean, at the end of it, I was bloody rooting for for Portugal. Yeah. I was like, man, given on. their lack of preparation, given everything that they've they've had to deal with and build up to this tournament, and then getting a, a really good result against a team mm. that. Could have been home and dry in that match. I mean, Switzerland would be so frustrated. And then the next day, they wake up and they've all got the shits, and then they have to cancel training. Someone ate some dodgy cheese in the Swiss team. Someone ate some dodgy um, afternoon got eight tea. Of them, eight of them had that's, gastroenteritis. Did, did you and see so did the you're eleven of the staff? No, something. did you see the video they put up of like enjoying no. a lovely oh, a, a, a lovely afternoon tea on the on the Sunday afternoon oh. and then Monday morning they wake up and it's like eight of the eleven team have have the shits. No, not they the, said gastroenteritis gastroenteritis, <laughs> <but> That was a <laughs> headline, and they had to train uh, council training. So yeah, that's uh, made uh, made things the a little the Portuguese bit worse put the shits up. Then,
2: What's mad is that
3: group which
2: we thought was like... I mean, it's still probably Sweden and Netherlands getting out. They're
3: all the same points. Mm. Same goal difference. It's wide open, baby. Um, And then the last game you got mentioned as well, Belgium won, Iceland won. My fave... Justine van Haven met who plays for Reading who I just obsessed with her because she's so tall and she just does it all. She's been playing at centre-back for a lot of the season with Reading but for Belgium she's like one of their best goal scorers. To be fair I think most of the Reading team have played at centre-back Yeah some it's sense. true There's, but well she's so tall as well so I think they Chambers just like chuck her in. Yeah. Um, She scored the penalty and Iceland's Bergenbjerg daughter made amends after missing a penalty <laughs> to put Iceland in the lead before Belgium got that equaliser and like you said tall. yeah that Group it's all it's all open in it it's all open across the whole well not really group A no group A is done um, group A is done <laughs> well that's no, not done well, we but we know England's going through we just don't know who's yeah, going through second yeah but there is still a lot to play tell for. you tell you something
2: interesting I yeah. did a little predicted group with Scotty I don't know if you've seen our Instagram yeah. we've got gotten the right he's basically very smart and he he's been picking who's going to win the games mm. I did a group who's going to come out in the group in which order he picked Austria second.
4: Really? Ooh, mysterious. He, he so, well, it's done, isn't it? That's done. What it is. He yeah. got, the
3: truth, though. Got is. the two
4: games right so far. So, um, yeah. We'll let you I'll wait you know there's no point in playing the game. They're um, already in. They're into the break. If man. he gets
2: that right, man, he's he's got to go viral.
3: Well, that's it for today's upfront. Obviously, we've got two games tonight Denmark versus Finland and Germany versus Spain. So maybe. Group B will be a little bit more wrapped up by the time we next chat. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening on the Ramble feed. Make sure you subscribe to Football Ramble Presents for all our Euros content. We'll be back here on Thursday. If you've got questions, in the meantime, tweet us at Football Ramble, at Floyd Tweet, at Girls on the Ball or at Morgie underscore 89. And we will see you all on Thursday. Easy.
0: Easy. Don't make
4: me Easy. Do Easy. 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 Easy.
1: Easy. Easy. Where They're
4: were gonna you? hate
0: us, guys.
1: Where
4: were you?
0: Upfront is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.